Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, so you guys have probably, if you're watching the YouTube show, you've you've seen, and if you're in Go Wild, you've for sure seen the presence of our friends at GunBroker.com. Dot com. So they are they've come on to be one of our new brand partners. Um, they are the the title sponsor of Uncensored right now. So you'll be seeing us wear some sweet GunBroker swag. We got my hat. It's got the cap on. We will soon have some cool signage behind us that's coming. Um, if you're in the platform, you're going to start seeing a lot of stuff come from them. They, What's really interesting that I've learned about GunBroker is that it's so much more than just you can buy old guns, which is what I traditionally thought it was just like old used guns. Um, they have a bunch of really cool memorabilia stuff on there. You can buy a lot of new guns. You can buy a lot of accessories and that kind of stuff. We might list some Go Wild stuff on there. Yeah. 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 So you were saying before the show, yeah. I've bought. You spent some money with them. Yeah, I bought. I don't know, probably like three, three guns. I think off a of gun broker. Yeah, sold a couple, which is neat. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a super easy experience. So we were, should were probably you? say that's Paul Campbell from the O2 podcast. Oh yeah, there's this well, guy. We should probably uh, <laughs> try me on. Yeah, just this random voice. No one yeah. What is that velvety sound in my ear? <laughs> so were your guns new that you bought? No, or? I the the few that I've purchased were they were all older. Yeah, vintage guns, so to speak. So, are there one, any cool old turkey calls on there or anything? I don't know, man. You, as soon as you said that, they have other like memorabilia stuff. My wheels started. started yeah. I'm, I'm going to mess with it. Is that a coveted yeah. thing? Like you'd buy old turkey calls? There, and stuff? So I've I've avoided that because I know the moment that I dip my to, my toe in that unholy pool, it's just going <laughs> to be like just pool. just peeling dollars yeah. off, right? Because it's going to be. Yeah, it's like it's like nickels to buy gas. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know when you're trying to diet and you're like, oh, "This bag of M and M's there. I'm gonna have just one." And then 20 minutes later, you've eaten the entire five pound bag yeah. of M and M's. I was like, there this weekend. Been there. Yeah, you just like you're just hating on yourself. I know that's what's gonna happen if I start buying collectible turkey calls. But there are there are a ton of people that that's their thing. Mm. I mean, they they really. It's, have an extensive collection. So. It's surely not like a sound thing, right? It's more of just like a, like they've probably gotten better. Right? I mean, the it's older like the older turkey calls. I mean, they don't sound as good as okay, yeah. you know as they as they do now. And and good is like a relative term. Like we think they sound good, but those guys back in the eighteen hundreds were killing turkeys with you know like rubbing sticks together, you know, <laughs> yeah, rubbing sticks together. Uh, and with a ball, like not using a shotgun, they just use a yeah. ball ammo. Yeah, there's some. I think the oldest turkey call I've seen is at the NWTF Museum in Edgefield, which is moving to uh, the Big Bass Pro in Missouri here soon. Oh, yeah. cares, but like it's moving it's, into the yeah. Store. So it's That's going to cool. yeah. So the NWTF Museum is moving to the wonders of wildlife. That's so cool. Johnny Morris I still have never been there. Yeah, I need to go. I'm Where going. I'm going City? in a few weeks. It's in like southeast Missouri. Yeah. Uh, My cousin Bronson? goes to Evangel Bronson? College Bronson? right Bronson? there. Yeah, it's okay. right there next to it. I need to make a trip down and. Do I've that heard whole it's thing. pretty. I've heard it's pretty neat. So yeah. yeah so the NWTF museum's moving there, but there's like this wooden box call, and 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 it's not like the box calls that we're thinking of now. Like you can see where this this person like hand carved, and I mean this thing's hunt you know by 1830 or something like that. Oh I don't, wow. 
I'm sure someone watching this is going to be like, oh, no, it's from 1912. I don't know when it is. It's super old. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. Like, it's just like a, a hand-carved like, piece of wood that some kid was using to call turkeys with. It's and pretty, it's it's like pretty the, neat. It's got the lid and everything that you're doing there. Oh, yeah, it's too. got the lid. But, I mean, it looks just like something you would carve as a kid, you know. <laughs> and I think Will Primos actually donated it to the NWTF Museum. It's pretty It's pretty neat. Like, it's Same. a really old, old call. So, so speaking of interesting calls, you showed me something yesterday that I had not seen before. Uh oh! This little <laughs> piece of wood with a screw in the middle of oh, it. Oh yeah, man, the bird. I wish I had you have it, it in it. I wish I had. Uh, it's just this. My my buddy Justin showed this thing to me. It's 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 just like a little piece of wood. It's like hollowed out. Uh-huh. Looks like a combo, basically. Mm, like that's a, a, yeah. Cylinder. It's about the size it is, and it, okay. it's got this like aluminum like cap with a screw that runs through it. And it's chalked, and like you turn it, and it makes the sound like bird sounds, like like Tweety bird sounds, not like turkey turkey call sounds. And you can make hundreds of bird, what? like songbird calls with this thing. It is amazing. It's the, it's the coolest thing, yeah. And it's just like, and and so my buddy Justin, you, you, we we fished with him last yeah. week, um, and he'll just listen to the birds in his front yard and be like, and just start hammering on that thing, and they'll like fly up into the tree above him, and they're just like. You know, looking for their buddy. Yeah, they have no Whoa. idea what's going on. It's because it's it's really neat. It's a ton of fun. I bought a couple for my girls because I thought they would want to play with them. They don't care. So I mean, yeah. now it's me like hiding in bushes out in my backyard. Like, you know. <laughs> so are they like commercially made by a company or is it just? I, something? Yeah, I think that, you can get them on Amazon. They're like ten bucks. Hmm. Um, Sounds fun. It looks yeah. like a, That'd be a fun thing. <clears throat> Papa's garage. Oh yeah, that's for yeah. sure where it started. Yeah, yeah. sitting so. in the deer stand, bored, just sitting there talking to the birds. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of fun. Scare a deer and you just start tweeting real fast. You yeah, know, yeah. To... I'm just a bird up here. Don't just worry a bird. About it. Don't mind me. Yeah, I was uh, tiling my shower this weekend and I was marking a tile for. Amanda with a China marker, and it started. It just hit that frequency where it started. I was trying to like be in the moment. I'm like, can I get a little purr out of this? No, no, couldn't do it. No, I'll I'll try. I'll try to turkey call anything. Yeah, we did. We had the famous beer can. Yeah, Ted Boogie's. Ted Boogie's beer can that actually worked. It's amazing what you can make sound like a turkey. It is. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty cool. So you were saying before the show, you yeah. spent five days at home for the month of May. Man, I was on the road constantly. Yeah, and this is yeah. just – Paul is probably the most turkey-obsessed man that I know, and he got after it this season. So. I, I did, man. I had, I had, a, good, I had a good run. I, I killed a turkey in mid-March. I killed my first Osceola, which was awesome. Down in like the southern zone, in Florida. That was freaking cool. Down with the pythons. Yeah, then pythons I hunted pythons and panthers. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we can talk about that. I didn't see any. I saw python skin, Ugh. and so it was actually the python and the panther come like like hand in hand here. So I I have this giant like uh, it's a tube call, and so it's a Primo's foggy bottom tube call, and they're they're more of like a uh, you know everyone likes that soft calling. You know, you talk sweet to them like a tube call. I feel is it's like a jackhammer, mm-hmm. and I use it like as a locator call, and it is the loudest thing that you can imagine. Like it makes my ears hurt. And when I'm locating, I'll put enough air, and I'll hit like like three little like clucks is basically what it sounds yeah. like or a cut. And I put so much air into it that I get dizzy if I, <laughs> if I hit it too hard. And so I was in the Everglades, like in the middle of swamp. It was just freaking miserable. There's got to be a turkey out here somewhere. So I pull out that tube call, and I'm just like. Bah, 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 bah as loud as I could and you know, I'm about to black out and, and something like 
like yells at me. That's the only like way that I can ex- like explain like what this sound was. Like it just screams. Florida man, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh my god. So I was gonna do a video to send like to send to you guys and send to send to months. And so I I go up and I set my phone in this tree so that I can record myself hitting this thing. See if I can get this thing to scream at me again. And I look up and there's this giant like python looking snake skin in this tree, and it's it's just the skin. And immediately I'm like, no, I'm about to pass out again. You know, it's just like cause I, my, I can't handle any anymore. So <laughs> I move away from this tree. I find another tree, and I hit this call again and nothing. And so I was at this little, like, general store in the middle of, of Okapee, Florida. I mean, it, it's the most remote place I've ever been to. And I was t- telling this woman. She was like, ah, I was a turkey hunt. I was like, ah, I, was, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything. I was like, I didn't hear something, like, yell at me. It was like the craziest sound because I had no idea what it trumped. She's like, oh, it was a it was a panther. I'm like, oh my god! Didn't she ask <laughs> really? you like, you hear anything weird out there? Oh yeah, I, that struck me in your story that like yeah. she asks people, she's you ever see, seen yeah, anything you weird see, out yeah, there? You see anything? You see anything weird out there? That's I think that's that's yeah. what like brought like, it up. Was why the, is yeah, she? like this crazy sound? <laughs> Small people, man. Well, Small so people. like to to kind of frame that that question and why it was so weird. I was at the uh, like the Everglades, like uh, Swamp Man like sasquatch like store that's yeah. i mean it was all dedicated to like heck yeah the weird stuff of okay the so then that's why yeah. that makes so you walk like sense. there's okay. like this giant like swamp man creature in their front yard you know and they got like one of the you know the alligator farms in the back you, you wrestle wrestle a gator or whatever <laughs> and is uh, swamp man a <coughs> mythical creature like sasquatch is that a separate like you're gonna thing? reframe that mythical really or it is real uh, rare. <laughs> I don't know what he, he is out there. It's like it's like a skinless cat. Like you can't have the oh fur gosh, in the Everglades, so it's a Sasquatch, but no fur. So it's just a, a giant dude. <laughs> it's just, just a, a wrinkly, wrinkly pink. <laughs> it's just a dude on meth in Florida running around <laughs> the bath salts people that were okay. in Florida. All right, but yeah, so that was right. the that that was like that was real wild, man. Yeah, going going back thinking about it. Never saw a panther though. I, I I didn't I didn't see anything that I would say is a panther. Um, at that moment, like when I made that noise, like I remember looking over and seeing like like movement. But I mean, it's just like that flash of brown you see when you're deer hunting, you know? Yeah, when you're blacking out from calling. Exa- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In the corner of your eye, yeah, your eye, so. you see things. Um, and, and so I'm like, was this thing like just asleep under a tree? That's what the woman said. She's like, oh, you probably just it was probably sound asleep. And you just scared it awake. Probably. And it was just like, get me out of here. And so. isn't there a bounty on Python in Florida? I think there I think there is. I didn't actually see like a live Python. So you know, you, you watch all those videos. There's that one guy that's huge on TikTok. He lives in like outside of Miami and he goes into the Everglades and he's always catching the invasives and the, the cool critter. You know what I'm talking about? Have you yeah, seen these yeah. videos? So I would drive down, they've got these like um just sand roads that cut through the Everglades. And so it'll be um like canal, canal, sand road gators everywhere mm-hmm. and then at night you, you watch those videos and, and the guys will always hit like the the pythons we'll see them like on the road and i did that because i would roost i would try to roost turkeys at night which doesn't work in florida apparently hmm. um, <laughs> and i would and it, and it, i mean it was crazy because the place is so flat when on this road that i would you could see like the bridge for like 75 going over and the first day i drove i'm like oh i can see the bridge 20 minutes later, I still haven't gotten to this bridge. I'm like, my God. It was like, I think I, I, think I marked it out. It was 13 miles from like, the road. Just the sand road. But it was just flat. so flat that yeah. you could see this bridge. Um, and, it, I mean, you would drive, I think, from, like, the paved road to where I was camping. I, I, I want to say it was, it was over 30 miles. And it's, just, it's like an hour drive. 
just to, I mean, maybe more because you can only go so so you know sand i mean you can't go fast at all and this was just you out of this it was just me people? yeah the first morning i rolled into the everglades i, I mean to hunt it was a, i'm not gonna lie i mean i'm from ohio like we don't have bears we don't have pythons we don't have stuff that wants to kill you no at every moment and that place is insane and so i wanted to um i really wanted to like get the experience of hunting in the everglades yeah and so i missed the time to get I'm going to back up real quick. I didn't see a snake on the road. That's what all of the start didn't see a snake. So, so I wanted to get like the full experience of like the Everglades hunt. And so they've got all these roads that you can take vehicles on, but you have to have a permit. And so I, I knew that I knew that you had to have a permit. Well, when I, when I go down there, the permit place was closed. I got down there on a Thursday and during the season at that time, it's only open like Friday, Saturday. And it was like a three hour drive from where I was at. So I'm like, you know what? I I'm here for like, two and a half days. I'm just going to walk. Right. And so I would, I, I had some, some friends, um, team Wingbone. They got a, a YouTube channel. Awesome guys. They, they gave me some pins for some turkeys that, that they had had run-ins with down there. Sweet. But they all had those e-bikes. E-bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have anything. So I went to like the closest turkey and it was like a five mile walk into the, into the woods. And, uh, I'll tell you what it, four in the morning in the Everglades, like the sounds, I mean, mm-hmm. everything. I'm like, mm, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, just, that's just it. Like, this is it. Yeah. I hear a noise up done. And it's just like, but I mean, there's, there's, there's signs out there on the, on the, on the trees where it's just like black bears are in the area. I'm like, Oh God. And oh, then there's crap. wild pigs, you know, and then there's pythons and there's all these other crazy things. I'm walking out by myself the first morning and I like break a stick. As soon as I get in the woods, I'm just like hearts pounding, you know, and I'm just trying to like, like just calm down, man. Like, you're top of the food chain, not, you know, at this exact moment, but you know, <laughs> I have a shotgun, like I'm a big dude. I've done this before. You're going to be okay. Uh, man, it was, it was a wild experience. It was funny. Like after I left and it's just hot, it's Sandy, there's stuff there, you know, it's just crazy. Um, I was talking to Andrew and he's like, would you do it again? And at the time I was like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just glad I got this out of the way. And now I just keep like my, I just keep thinking about, the terrain is wild. I mean, I just can't explain it. Like, unless you've been in it, and I mean, like, been in it, not just, like, drove through it or been on an airboat. Like, once you've been in it, like, I can't stop thinking about it. It's just so – it's it's not flat. So, like, physically, it's not – but it's so hot, and there's so much – it's just so thick. Like, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, I talked about seeing that bridge. Like, I saw this this woodlot. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get over there because, you know, those turkeys, I know they're going to be in those pine woodlots, and there's this huge pine fl- – and I'm walking and walking and walking. I'm like, my God, how far is this? <laughs> like, I can see these trees. And I pull it up on, you know, on X and it's over a mile. I'm like, That's hard. oh, my God, man. <laughs> and, and so just really, like, mentally it just beat me down because I didn't know what to expect. But I would go, I would go back again next year just to try. It's that type two fun, man. That's yeah. what it is. Man, it just. It's, it's not just, a cheap thrill, but yeah, you look back on it and you're like, man. That was fun. Because it just really, like, you're just, just trying to calm your nerves when you go out there and you hear weird stuff that you're not yeah. you're not familiar with. And, you know, there's, there's like, if something goes wrong out there, like, it's game over. Like, you're not, you're going to have a real tough time. Because yeah, there's the, no cell reception. The most remote place you've been. Oh, it's insane. And there's alligators and yeah. panthers. Did you take, like, a SOS button of any kind or anything? Do you have any satellite communication? Wow. Nothing. So Did next time, let them know, we'll get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you don't die in the yeah. Everglades. Yeah, so we can track down the beep inside an alligator's belly. Right, yeah. yeah. At least we want to Yeah, I say do it. 
skin him, put him up on his wall, <laughs> you know. So. Take his eyeball. Did you see any? Eyeball. Did you see any other hunters out there? Uh, not one. Wow. Yeah, not one. At the camp that I stayed at, there were, there was hunters. This there were the only other person that was. It, what, so what really pissed me off is the camp that I got to. Uh, I just picked it. You know, there's like a like a chart, and you just pick. Okay, I pick spot 34, and I get to spot 34, and there are turkey feathers all over the oh. ground, and there's blood on the ground. I'm like, uh, all right. Um, so I, it was a little. Yeah, you know, I was like, okay, there are definitely turkeys here, but there was one other guy camping there, and he was in his 70s. Comes down every year, and he's like, never killed a turkey. I've been doing this for 20 years. But he like he just likes the experience of 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 being there, you know. And so it's neat, man. It's just a it's it's you know, like a, a lot of hunters they just want to do the same thing over and over again. That's fine, nothing wrong with that. I like the challenge. I like pushing myself, and that was definitely like mentally just pushing myself. Um, it was crazy. It was it was awesome. So did you see this guy that guy again after you got your bird? Uh, no, when I got my, t- I, I, I hunted the Everglades for, for about two and a half days. And then I went, I was still in like deep Southwest Florida. I went to uh LaBelle County or excuse me, Hendrick County, LaBelle, Florida. I, I've got a friend down there that's got some land and he doesn't turkey hunt. He boar hunts and, and deer hunts. And so him, him and his, uh, the other guys who own the property were, they were like, yeah, come on, get, come, come up there. So we had a great, a great hunt, hunted for one day and, so morning we get out there and I've got like sweet Ohio blood, man. So every mosquito, mosquito. in Henry County, <laughs> sweet first, Ohio so, blood. So I was you so, sit down and you just hear the dude. I so I forgot my thermosel. I forgot to spray. I'm like, eh, we'll be okay. I was miserable. Like the sun is coming up. There are turkeys gobbling. I had to walk back to the truck to see if I had bug spray, which I did not. I left it all at the at the camper. The only thing I had in there was a brown like bath towel that I used that I lay on the ground to stand on so my feet don't get wet when yeah, I'm changing yeah. in the morning. And so I'm I'm like laid back and I've got this brown towel and I'm like curled up. The gun is sitting on my knees and I've like wrapped up because the mosquitoes can't get through this brown towel. That's all I had. It was miserable. Did you like cut man. holes in it so that you could see through? Dude, I had <laughs> so I had my face mask on. I had that thing like just just a little bit over my hat and kind of like wedged out up under my nose, just hiding. And so, and, and then eventually they got smart and they started like getting, you know, through my, you know, just through my clothes. And it was miserable. Those Florida mosquitoes are aggressive. It's insane. They're a different breed. And like the sound, like they were always yeah. there. Like it was, there was a point there were so many mosquitoes around us. And I tried to take videos of my friend because he didn't have any on him, you know, bug spray. And you could just, I look at him, there, were, there was 200 mosquitoes just flying around his head. I'm like, this is crazy, man. So we had to like, we ended up, we had to go in, had to get bug spray, had some lunch, came back out. And it was like we we're we we're walking through the woods and, and, and I I hit that hit that tube call. Boom, turkey gobbles. And like every turkey hunter knows that like once everything's leafed out, like in Kentucky or Ohio, Tennessee, when 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 stuff leafs out and you hear them gobble, they're closer than they were at the beginning of the season when there's no vegetation. Well in Florida, I didn't like if I can hear a turkey in Ohio fully leafed out, it might be like 150 yards away. Depending, you know, it's all all depending on the terrain, wind, and all that stuff, right? This turkey gobbles. I'm like, oh man, he's close. And I see him walk out. And I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> like he's 30 yards from us and just like comes running, like I'm here to die. And I was just like, we were standing because I'm just like I hit that call and I'm looking around like, you know, we gotta we gotta get set up. I didn't realize like, it was just so thick and there's so much like ambient noise like bug noise down there that when he gobbled i mean he was right there huh. and uh 
so I'm like, eh, there goes my one chance to kill an Osceola this year. And, and so we just sit down. I'm like, dude, I was like, just take me somewhere that we can sit and set up, you know. And and he's like, oh, there's this little clearing inside this giant cypress swamp. And I'm like, perfect, take me there. And we go there and we sit down for like two hours. It's 93 degrees. Oh. I'm dumping sweat. I look at my buddy Clyde. He is dumping sweat. And this is his first turkey hunt, right? right. So he's having a terrible <laughs> yeah. time. And he, and he pulls his mask and he's like, man, this turkey hunting sucks. I'm like. No, it doesn't. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like this is a weird day. We've seen some turkeys. We both have our masks down. My legs are on the ground. My shotgun's on the ground. Hadn't called in forty five minutes. Pow! Like twenty yards right over our, oh, over man. our shoulder. And I look at Clyde. And his eyes get about this big. And yeah. there's, there's a really neat like phenomenon for for like turkey hunters. And and that phenomenon is when someone else that's never heard a turkey gobble close hears it for the first time. Yep. Because this is like light, it can be life altering, right? Yeah. And I mean, it is so loud. Yeah. You feel it. And I see his eyes get like this big. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he pulls his mouth, flares his mask up like real slow. Yeah. And pow again. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh God, I got to pick my gun up. My legs are flat on the ground. My mask <laughs> is down. So I pull it up and he, he and he comes in. I, and, and I think he was probably about 20 to 25 feet from me, gobbles again. And I'm just like, oh my god, dude, I'm gonna pass out. Like, if you haven't like noticed a trend, it's me passing out. In the yeah, I think you might have some blood sugar yeah. issues. <laughs> uh, just definitely an excitement <laughs> thing, right? And and so he comes out, and I shoot, and I shoot right over his back because he was seriously like 25 feet from me. And that pattern on my gun was so tight, it just went just side to side. And he turns around and takes off running. So I lean forward and I'm like, calm down, get on him. You know, I'm that tss man that stuff's good to like 70 yards but yeah. i don't shoot really over 40 i'm like but you, I, I knew that i had time to get to get settled in and i did man folded him up man a little pile picture there so yeah it was cool but so just, he takes off and you yeah. just lean forward i just leaned forward and i got on him and i got a better beat on him because i mean i, I think i'm gonna say that it, the pattern was tight but i mean he, he was he was just, i've never shot at a turkey that close That's i mean close. it was dude it was crazy so i think i just went you know i mean because that that pattern coming out of there i mean it's it's gonna mm -hmm. be real tight yeah. And so I just missed him, but I didn't miss him the second time. So hey, oh, it's awesome. Got him. So that was your yeah. Florida, Florida. I got I, yeah, and then I the, my next trip I went to Alabama, uh, hunting with the Woodhaven guys down there, and that was tough, man. The the, the I think like the hardest weather pattern for me to hunt is wind. I hate it. Mm. Yeah. I'd rather hunt like a slow downpour. Yeah, but when it's uh when it's windy, it really takes away. I think a hunter's you know, like our number one sense for turkey hunting is is hearing you mm -hmm. know if we can't hear them it's hard to hunt them and uh changes the way you do it <clears throat> but it was so it was so windy down there that you know we, we had a couple run-ins with some turkeys beautiful beautiful property but like hunting with with mike pentecost from woodhaven who is like the guy's one of the elite turkey yeah. hunters of modern times and one of the best callers uh of of, of modern times and man, like what I learned from him just in, we hunted some in Florida and then we hunted some together in Alabama and it, maybe three days hunting. And what I learned from him just in three days hunting was, I mean, it was amazing. Just the way that those like elite turkey hunters see the, see the woods and, and how they react was just, it was really, it was really neat. So it's crazy to hear from a guy like you that you go and hear from a guy that you're learning from. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I, you know, I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm an okay Turkey hunter. You know, I've had, no I've had, I've had my moments uh, of success and, and I've, I've never been one that like, I always want to learn something, yeah. you know, from anyone. It doesn't matter, man. I, I think that that's the, 
that's a, a, a huge mistake that people make is they stop learning, they become uncoachable, or they're like, well, I don't need to learn from it because we can learn from anyone. Yeah. If any, at any age, you know, and I mean, they're really good, you know, turkey hunters that are 15 years old, you know, that if I listen to them say something, I'm like, damn, that's pretty smart. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take that. I, 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 I don't, my, my ego doesn't dictate my learning, I guess, you know, so. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but learning from a guy like Mike Pentecost, like that's, that's special, man. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I, hopefully get to hunt with him again but guys that are that good i mean it's there's not many of them yeah yeah well it's crazy to hear the guy that good goes out and strikes out sometimes you know so oh yeah that's, uh <laughs> yeah i mean if you're if you're doesn't make me feel better but no makes me feel normal i, I mean yeah there, there was there was times and, and that's just turkey hunting you know it's just that's just how it is yeah. and, and when you're there's there's a certain type you know when when you're you know running or gunning or you know, whatever it may be, sitting on a, sitting on a field, you know, there's, there's, there's certain like mental power that you have to master, you know, to do. So like, like when Derek and I went hunting uh, at farm that I took him to in Ohio, like I took him there because I know that it's going to be like a 10 hour set, but those Turkey, it could be a 10 hour. Those turkeys are going to be in this field at some point in time. And if we are here, you're going to have a really good chance to kill them. And so I knew that like Derek had that mental, fortitude because it's a i mean yeah you're not walking but man it's tough to sit in the same spot sitting there very way tough. harder for, than we sat for there me for, that's worse like that's yeah. way harder dude we sat there for 11 hours under this honey one spot bush. one spot we got up and stretched a little you know a couple times and but we were so concealed you know we could talk and and yeah. you know, eat and drink and, and not worry about busting them and sure enough man they're there and that's just how that farm is. Like, there's no, it's, it's, it's a small piece of property. There's not a lot of woods. You have to be, you know, there's, there's a 250 yard section. You can set up anywhere. And those turkeys are going to come into that field multiple times during the day. You just have to be there and you have to be ready. Uh, but that's, that's tough too, you know? And it's, I think a lot of that is probably tougher than walking through the woods. thousand percent. Because I can walk through the woods 15 miles yeah. and, and just have a great time. I'm seeing new stuff and seeing yeah. new terrain. I'm calling, I'm finding Hearing birds. birds. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, let's go get them. And, yeah. um, so yeah, man, it's, it's, it's neat to, to learn how like other people hunt and see other people fail because you, know, you can beat up on, like you said, you can beat up on yourself all the time. If you're just, if you're smoking turkeys or deer every time you go out, like, you know, like this is, this isn't fun. You know? <laughs> and you know, you talk to those guys that have been ultra successful, like Mike, Mike, you know, his, his 500th turkey that he's killed in his lifetime was last year in Mexico was a Goulds. And he's like, I'm done. So I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. He wants to take his kids out hunting, you yeah. know, and, and, and get them up to speed. And you know, there are some guys that I've met that have killed so many deer that they're just like, I'd rather teach someone else to do it. Yeah. You know, teach a kid or, you know, teach my, anyone. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'll die way before I get to 500 turkeys, but, you know, I like I like that aspect too, man, of, of bringing new people into it. So it's neat. Uh, yeah, on the, the sitting in one spot thing, that was – I was telling – I forget who, somebody around here. Um, my one takeaway from the season was, like, trying to sit in a spot longer. Like, because when you're on public land, like, and you're talking to the birds or whatever and you, like, are getting them close and you're not sealing the deal. Yeah. Like, I think it was Appalachian Assassin and Go Wild. I saw a comment on somebody's post of like it was i think somebody was asking like what's you know some more advanced turkey hunting advice or something like that and he said sit 30 minutes longer than you think you should 100 and yeah. dude i i ha I know of two specific situations where like if we'd have done that we'd have had birds yeah. coming right into our setup like and yeah. had good chances but 
it's just hard when you're on public land and you're hearing gobblers everywhere and you're just like, ah, these guys aren't playing ball. I'm going to go play. Like, these guys are playing ball. I'm going to go over here. Like, and you're just bouncing around the woods. Like, just sitting there is way harder than, like, chasing those distractions and stuff. And, you know, I think, so, like, to to, to really hammer that point home for people that are listening, in Alabama, hunting with freaking Mike Pentecost. Yeah. Turkey killer, if there's ever been one. He's, you know, 100 yards behind me calling birds up. we got a bird sitting on this you know, on this creek bottom, just hammering, right? And we could hear some hens, so, you know, we're trying to get him up there. And we sit, and the guy I was hunting with, he's like, man, he's like, let's let's move down a little bit because there's this real nice little soft bench that comes up. And he's like, they're going to come up. They're going to come up right there. So we're walking down the path, and there was another, like, you know, just another turkey that what that hadn't gobbled. As soon as we came up over this little rise, he was sitting right there in the middle of the path. And so if we would have sat for literally like three minutes, that he turkey was coming would have just, to he was coming to us, and we just didn't know because we were hunting the turkey that was gobbling. Yeah. But I'm be once again, that turkey it was a mature turkey coming in, I'm shooting him. Yeah. And you know, and that's not not for everyone. You know, people say he didn't do it right, but I'm like, you know, I'm I'm hunting out of state. You know, I got a mature turkey that that comes into the calls to see what's going on. I'm going to take that turkey 10 out of 10 times. So, but, you know, we sat there. I mean, this thing was literally 70 yards from us, but it was just enough terrain drop that we didn't we didn't know that Dang. he was there. And he never gobbled. But the, the dude on the bottom, the creek bottom, was booming, you know. So we were trying to, you know, hope that he's going to come up that path. And it's, but, and that's something that just in the last couple of years, I've, I've really started to say, okay, slow down, you know. And that's tough to do, but it has definitely worked out, yeah. you know. I- um, there's no wrong way to turkey hunt. Let's make that perfect. I don't know. Right? I found there's a no few way. this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting. It's like you travel around and mm-hmm. hunt quite a bit, but compared to deer season, I want turkey season to be three, four months long. Because yeah. by the time I get into my flow, yeah. it's over. Like I, yeah. It's the last hunt of the season. And so if I'm only hunting a Saturday and a Sunday here and there, yeah, I need more time. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those, like, so I, I hunted New York. That was my last stop this year. And I hunted three days, and then I was home for a couple of days and traveled some more, and then I, and then I went back, and I had a couple of events, and I had one full day to hunt. And so I, I, get, I, get, I get in there, and it was just like, I know that there are turkeys in this area. Um, so I just wanted to, like, I wanted to be deliberate with my movements, you know, I don't want to go in there and just start ripping around this property because it's a pretty small, like, <clears throat> this property, it was it was public. It was under 300 acres for each little lot. So it's a bunch of little lots, mm-hmm. right? And so I had found a bunch of turkeys. I'd seen some. So I was like, I wanted to be very deliberate with, you know, with my movements and, and what I did. And it was, man, it was, it was wild, dude. It was just – but it was one of those, like – if it would have been early in the season and I had one day to hunt there, I'm just going to be all over yeah. the place. You know, I'm going to walk that entire place. I'm going to go to another one and walk that entire place and then and just rip through there. But because it was, you know, three months into the season, I'd had, I already killed a couple birds. Um, you know, I was able to say, okay, there's no pressure. Just have some fun. Just see what's out there, man. Just, you know, and, and it was, it was, it was really neat. But yeah, like you said, if that would have been my first week of turkey hunting, I would have been, Bing, 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 all over the place. So, yeah. But I was in a groove at that point. 
Yeah. What was your uh, your total for the year, and where did you? It was kill? just it was two. So two. I, I yeah, I killed one in Florida, one in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, struck out in Alabama. Struck out in, in in New York. I took a lot of people hunting for their first yeah. time. Cool. You uh, hunted in was, you hunted in Kentucky too, right? No, I didn't get to come um, down. I, okay. I I had made plans. Um, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get. You know, I had so much travel with 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 work. Yep. Uh, and and you know, on that end, that I just couldn't. I couldn't get down here. Um. But you know, I had like a t- I had a tag in, in Michigan that I didn't I didn't even, didn't even get up there, you know. Um, but it was it was neat. I like I said I spent the last couple of years I've I've taken a lot of people hunting and I put a lot of uh, I mean like the first like here in, in Ohio the first like four or five hunts I didn't even bring my gun, you mm-hmm. know, because I had other people with me that was just like I'll get my chance, you know. I'm not worried about it. I want you guys to have a good a good experience and a good hunt and. Um, and I ended up killing my my, tur- my Ohio turkey the first week of the season, Wednesday of the first week. And then after that, it was just like, let's get as many people out into the woods as, as I can. So it was pretty cool. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I got to do that for the first time for turkey hunting this season with my little cousin, taking him out. And, like, he had turkey hunted before, but he never, like, running gun style. And mm-hmm. we got you were tur- talking earlier about, like, gobbling close to somebody for the first time. Like, he – we – we got one like at ten feet, you know. Oh, yeah. Like it was, he was on the other side of a hedge, but like just seeing his eyes turn into dinner plates, man, yeah. just like it's a cool thing, man. It's like saying you, you hook into the first like big fish. Oh gosh, you know, it's that. I think that you know, when when you see someone fall in love with the outdoors, whatever that pursuit is, that's a special moment, man. And I, I love being a part of those. So I yeah. like that more at this point in my life than than I do. You know, like the last couple of turkeys that I've killed, I've been by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. I mean, that's you know, turkey hunting for me is like a very spiritual moment. But you know, like it's fun, you know, watching watching your friends celebrate. You know, and watching that excitement. You know, that's really that's yeah. always always really cool. So yeah, thankfully Phil and I are both able to hunt together. So I'm like, dude, I don't remember the last time I've hunted by myself. Like yeah. I'm always like I'm with him, with Tucker, with somebody. Like I'm the opposite. Yeah, you like by yourself. I'm I'm, by I'm all for like other people. Like it's a yeah. social activity for me. Like. We get out. Oh, yeah, I'll do either. I'll do either one. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do like the the lone wolf turkey hunts, man. I, I mean, yeah, because I'm willing. Like, I like talk about like Florida. You know, I will put myself through pure misery just to find a turkey, and it could be <laughs> swamps, mountains, doesn't matter. And I will beat myself mentally and physically into the ground and have a great time doing it. I feel like but you, if I've got you with me, I'm like, oh shit, man! It's yeah, like, we, we've we've gone 13 miles. It's 90 degrees. We haven't heard a single turkey gobble. Is he doing okay mentally? <laughs> you got to you know, know you've got the right person. Yeah, that yeah. dragging through it, all this exactly. Stuff. So and 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 so those 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 solo hunts, man. It's it's usually like, all right, let's go. Let's go do some yeah. terrible yeah. stuff. Nothing's off, do some terrible. Nothing's stuff. off the table. <laughs> all options are at play. Yeah, I like getting in them, man. Especially on public land, you know, where it's just like you really, really have to like push yourself to get there, and and because you know at that moment, like there's, there's no one else that's out here, unless there's someone unhinged like I am. <laughs> and if they are, and I see in the woods, like I'm gonna go talk because we're probably gonna be, you know, all best friends. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I do. Uh, all right, so go ahead. Go ahead. Somebody was talking. I, I was I about to say something. You can go ahead. No. I, I do enjoy going with other people, and most of it is yeah. because of watching their reactions yeah. and seeing what how they. Especially the same way with fishing, like you know, taking you fishing early on when you started fly fishing and watching how excited you get when you hook a fish, and yeah, it's some of those it's, things. 
you it's can't cool. replicate it. No, you, you, you can't. And I think just like, you know, kind of high level, like philosophically speaking, I think there is, uh, you know, there's a, a responsibility for sportsmen and women to, to bring up that next generation. It's not just kids, right? Because if, if, if I bring a kid into the, you know, I, we do an outreach event or whatever, and I bring a kid from the inner city and he has a great time, but his mom or dad don't hunt or her mom and dad don't hunt or fish, whatever it may be, that kid may never do it again. You know, and you and I just talked briefly about this. So there's there's a group that does they do a they do a study every couple of years on the, the approval of, of legal hunting, hunter participation, all of these things, right? And it's basically like the R three movement: recruit, retain, reactivate. We've all we've all heard about that. And so 2023, they they haven't really released this this information, but so they're they're like the approval of legal hunting in this country. Bottomed out mid nineties, seventy two percent of people approved of hunting. Peaked mid mid tens, right? Eight, I think it was eighty four percent approved of hunting. Well, we've dropped below that eighty percent of approval in hunting. So so okay, well we dropped four percent, and this is in three years, right? Twenty twenty, twenty three. We, we lost four percent of of people that approved of legal hunting in this country. So you say, well, what's that equate to? That's thirteen million people. Whoa. have changed their mind, have changed their perception on legal hunting in this country in a three-year period. And so there's a lot of things behind that, um, none of which I'm, like, smart enough to talk about. Like, I can just hear people, you know, you talk about, like, you guys are in it, you know, the, the social media story that's told by hunters. You know, you've got people like Josh Bomar that's putting out, don't don't shake your head. <laughs> You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And this is my own bias. Yeah. You got people like Josh yeah. Bomar that put these videos out of like a turkey getting its head split open by a bow. Okay, that's that's an ethical shot. Like that turkey's dead, right? But you put that out. If I'm a if I'm a non hunter and I see that, then I'm like, this is this is not a game, right? No. And so I think there's I think that hunters and 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 the story that we've told and, and are telling, like we Kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak. Yeah. Right, and if with those thirteen, and if you're viewing it as, hey, here's my highlight reel, and your highlight reel is, you know, the death of the animal. For yeah. me, that is like the low light yeah. reel. You know, the highlight yeah. is everything around that. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is most people. But you said that it bottomed out in the seventies. No, mid. 90s. So like ninety, I think it was like ninety five when I looked at the data. Okay, it was like seventy two percent was in nineteen ninety five, and that That's was like the, the the drop. And so there's a lot of like societal factors that go into that. So you know we've got a very anti gun type. You know, there's there's some thought that like being anti AR fifteen automatically equates to like well I'm anti hunting because they use guns or whatever you know so right. but this group they they really do like an extensive exhaustive research and 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 study on on this topic and you know I think as hunters like we can just ignore it and say well screw them it doesn't matter what abs- I mean it, it absolutely does yeah you know if that number and and so what what's kind of scary is you're starting to see and this is coming from the researchers that, that there's there's kind of like a there's a philosophical shift towards being anti-hunting yeah. in this in this country and i mean that matters you know Absolutely and nice. and so the, the the more people that we bring into it and and matt ranella talks about well you know qu- quality over quantity right and and that's a that's a a debate that we will never have uh today but you know the less people that do it and the less people support it like it it, it it's a real thing and it's a real threat yeah. You know, and so I think it's important to, to bring people into the pursuits, the outdoors, whether it be fishing, trapping, hunting, 
hiking, camping, whatever it is, you know, just to, to experience it and understand the role that hunters and anglers have within like the world of wildlife conservation. That's an important, important topic. thousand percent. And Brad early on talked about this with, um, Matt Ranella did a big thing about like how social media is ruining hunting and all this stuff. Yeah. So obviously as an outdoor social media company, we we're like, we should respond to that or whatever. Um, and his point, like what you said about Josh Bomar or whatever, like his point was if you're just sharing an image of a bloody animal once yeah. or twice a year, like people are totally missing the story of what hunting sure. actually is. Right. Like if, if we're, if we care about preserving the lifestyle and all that stuff and, and these things that matter to conservation and all that, like you have to think about the role you play in that. And the role we play in that is really the storytellers of like what we do. And if you're just like reading the last chapter to people, like they don't understand, there's no context. There's no, nobody sees you struggle and suffer and plan and, you know, get gear and do all this stuff. And, um, it's important to share the times you strike out. It's important to share the times you go scouting. It's important to share the meals you cook with it. It's important to share the times you take a buddy out. Like yeah. all that stuff ultimately paints a picture for these people, um, and that don't understand or don't part participate that like, it's a worthy pursuit. It's a good thing to do. It's a, it should be in a painted in a positive, positive light. Um, but yeah, we've got some, we've got some folks in the industry that, their knee-jerk reaction is like it's legal it's it's ethical it's like yeah. i love to do it screw you i don't care about da, 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 da. And it's like yeah. while like i get it like you know what i mean like we don't we shouldn't have to apologize for for what we're doing but on the same token you know you can do a lot of damage by taking a i don't really care what you think mindset to the next generations of like what's going on here like so i'm gonna it, this is like a stretch but equate it to like having children it okay. is totally legal for you to yell negative thoughts at your child, but you're not going to do it because you don't want them to have negative thoughts down the road. Like you want them to be confident people. So you're not going to yell negative things at your child in your house. It's the same thing with hunting. If you want the positive effects of what you're doing to be out there, you've got to put that positive message forward. And that positive message is not splitting a turkey's wig. It is experiencing nature seeing nature and it's you know full uh, like hearing turkeys gobble like they're it's full experience and then having someone else see that and preparing the food from what you've got like that's the positive story and it, it, we have we owe it to our kids and next generations to do right by the animals and that begins with telling that story you know yeah Ab absolutely way. like you said it can't be just a highlight reel of the the two seconds of a, an entire year's worth of effort or a lifetime's worth of effort, you know, and all of the good that comes out of that, that two second cliff, that's what we get, that's what we get hung up on, you know, and that's perception is reality. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, we have to take it seriously, you know, and, and there are a lot of guys online, you know, Sam Soholt does a really good job of, of, you know, telling like the whole story, you know, and the, and, and then you know, the windfall, you know, from, from excise tax and everything, like how that affects positively impacts conservation efforts in all 50 States. And, you know, so there, so there's, there's a lot of, of good that, that comes out of the hunting, uh, you know, media, I guess, if you will, yeah. I don't really know what to call it anymore, but um, yeah, man, it's a, it's, it's, it's a responsibility that we collectively share and that we collectively need to take seriously because, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are anti, that will always be anti 
that want to see it go away, and you see it. You see it in the New, New Jersey Bear season. You see it in, in Colorado. Yeah, you talk yeah. about Chris Powell. I mean, that guy yeah. talks about it. Yeah. Because they're 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 hunting the fuzzy critters, right? The, you know the, the store. What, what's he call them? Fairy tale, fairy tale uh, critters, or something yeah, like the, that. Yeah, the public perception of bears. Yeah, the bears like and lions. Like, yeah. What's it, anthropomorphize or whatever? Is that the yeah. word? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. But yeah, so I mean it <laughs> is. Yeah, it's and I know this this yeah really took took a like kind of a high level philosophical turn here, but it is important. It. You know, and it is. Uh, yeah. there are a lot of organizations out there that are that are that are actively like managing and monitoring you know the the threats to you know gun rights and and hunting rights and and fishing rights you know across this country so support support those definitely yeah sportsman's alliance we got an article coming out soon um, that brad wrote about them and um just trying to support them more like everybody trying to do what we can to support the people that are actually like making a difference uh, yeah. in conservation and stuff. They're so. they're based in my hometown yeah. in, in Columbus. That's a great that's a great organization. They've got a really cool program that I would like to see in in I would say every school in the country, but I'm going to say every rural school in the country. And it's it's the conservation science uh, class that they have. Man, and what a I've, cool class to take in. Man, you talk, I wish I would have had that when yeah, I was in high school. I had, an, I had an environmental <laughs> science Trig. that was pretty – it was more on, like, stream health, yeah. wetland ecosystems That's and awesome. stuff, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That that curriculum is is designed <laughs> around the positive impacts of hunting and fishing. Cool. Basically, the, the North American model of wildlife conservation that we have. And I, it was really neat. Uh, last, last fall – I was invited to talk to one of those classes in Ohio, the conservation science class. And it was great, man. Uh, the, the first question I asked in each class was, are there, you know, are there any hunters in the class? Kids raise their hands. Are there any non-hunters? Kids raise their hands. Are there any anti-hunters? And I'm not asking because I want to make fun of you or beat up on you. I'm just genuinely curious. And, you know, like one of the classes, this girl raised her hand and, and, and anti. I'm like, you know, thanks for your honesty. And so we talk about, you know, throughout the class, talk about the positive impacts, everything that we've talked about. And at the end, I asked, are there any kids in this class that would be interested in hunting or fishing, but don't have the opportunity, don't have the hmm. chance? And that girl, but would want to, and that girl raised her hand. Whoa. I was just inside. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, man. I that's how, Yeah, I was like, look at, look at that. So, But it's neat. And I think it's just you, you talk about it the right way. And, and you know, kudos to Sportsman's Alliance and everything that the, those men and women of that organization has done and the people that support them to, you know, to come up with that curriculum and, and, and start to get it. I mean, it started out small, but I think they're getting some wind in their sails with that. And it's, it's, it's really neat. So, and, and that's, you know, that came from like a real rural community where you've got kids that are, you know, you think about you know, 50, 60 years ago, like that's your base of hunters and anglers. Right. And then now you've got, you know, two kids in the school, you know, that hunt or whatever, you know, more than that, but right. you know, a very small percentage in a very rural agricultural hunting community. And it's, you know, it's, it's falling off the face of the cliff, the popularity of, of hunting and fishing in this country. And we really need to do a better job about it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I know I would have been way more into hunting if like my, if that's what my buddies did in high school, but like it was sports. And I wonder yeah. what impact, like the pervasiveness of like travel sports and all that stuff yeah. has had on like hunting activity. Because like I didn't have really weekends that I wasn't doing travel baseball basketball yeah. well that and you know sports I mean? were you know sponsored by your school and you were on your school sports team imagine if your schools had 
you know, some schools have fishing leagues. A lot right? of them do. It's a increasing thing. Like a lot fishing, of high schools are bringing on bass fishing teams. Archery's big time. I mean, obviously, yeah. archery's not, getting big. NASP yeah. is really big. The National Archery and School Schools Program. I mean, yeah. those those folks are really doing, you know, doing a doing a good job. So. But yeah. it is, man. It's that opportunity, right? It's yeah. the, you know what's the opportunity that these kids have to to go out and and I think that you know for for decades we focused on kids, but we didn't focus on the people that drive the kids to those those events, you know. Yeah. So there's been a big shift within the R three model about yeah. targeting those people, and then you know they'll bring their they'll bring their kids. So well, that's raise them outdoors, man. That was yeah. that's their big thing of like the parents and the kid come and they yeah. they both get taught about things so that it doesn't just become like a the kids interested, but the parents aren't, or don't have, yeah. don't like care to make it a priority in the home or whatever. Like it's like the family training kind of thing. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool that they did that. That was how that was how I was raised. I mean, like my my grand my grandpa, my dad grew up in West Virginia, and you know my grandpa and, and uncles they all they all hunted. My dad didn't. He just didn't. He didn't. He wasn't anti. It just wasn't something that yeah. he wanted to do. That's like my dad. Yeah. And I remember like just begging to go fishing and then he'd give me the stuff and he didn't fish so he just dropped me off the lake mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like learning how to do it i wanted to hunt and i would see you know cousins and friends that would go deer hunting and i'm like i want to do this you know and, and it just didn't happen didn't happen and then you know in my 20s it was just like because i was at that point i was the one buying all the stuff and driving myself to the to the places to hunt so mm -hmm. that you know that opportunity but not everyone gets that you know so definitely well i will say community of go wild there's tons of people out there ready to take anybody that wants to go try something for the first time yeah that's i mean all of us i'm sure we would if anybody said hey i want to do it i don't know where to go what to do um with a little bit of education beforehand you can get into any of this stuff that yeah, hunting, fishing. Yeah. I can take you out and not shoot turkeys anytime you want. Yeah, we can go <laughs> hike really, around with a shotgun. I'm really yeah. good all at year conserving the turkey population. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good like concerning the turkey. We'll all just start hunting with cameras for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. really bolster the population. That's probably yeah. that would have been a good tip for me this season to just go out and try to see turkeys more so than shoot them. Phil <laughs> actually told me that's how Phil got started deer hunting. He really? had a mentor early on, give him a camera, and tell him go sit in that stand and take as take as many pictures of deer as you can. And that's what he did. And, like, that's how he got, like, learned mm. to be quiet and get close and, like, take the picture and do the thing. I was like, that's a yeah. that's an interesting way to get a kid, like, into it before yeah. they're maybe ready to shoot yeah. something. By themselves. sneak like, up on them, you know. Yeah. It's summer in a bean field or something. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, Dude, we, uh, cool. we went out to this, like, pristine property this past weekend and got – it's crazy when it's not deer season how close you can get to deer like i don't know what it is but it's crazy, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. it always happens we're like we're we're literally fishing this creek and four does like i don't know 30 yards up the creek just like walk across look right at us and just kind of slowly walk up and right across yeah. the way it's like i don't know it makes me feel like an inadequate hunter deer, <laughs> deer are at their dumbest during turkey season like that's just yeah. the dumbest part of the year for for a deer. I I've, I took a video. I was hunting with Andrew. We were on a controlled hunt in, in northern Ohio for for his uh, turkey season, and I, I took this video with my phone behind me. And there was a deer less than ten feet behind me, and she knows that I'm there. Like I'm not trying to hide it at all. Like I've got the camera up, and then she just walks around and she comes in front of me to get a better view of me. And I filmed this deer for it was over three minutes that I took a video of this deer. And she's like getting close, and then finally I'm like, bit, 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 bit. I like throw my hands up, and she 
you know, drops down and takes off and stops and turns around and starts looking. And I stand up and I'm like, would you get out of here? Like, go, you're, you're messing me up. Like, turkeys okay. are working in, you know. And What is that? Why are I they dumb? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. This, so this park you're at, though, is this one of the parks <laughs> where people show up and feed them apples and stuff? <laughs> yeah. they, no, no. This they is... like to the, you're like, where's my food? Yeah. Okay. No, definitely, definitely not like that, man. But it was uh, – Man, it was it was funny just getting even in in, in New York I had a, I had a deer come to within just you know, ten yards of me and just just looking at me and I'd hit him with the you know the hand movements or whatever and just freak him out and and just stands there and it's just funny watching them you know come in and just be deer and it, you know like I, I like watching them too when they're when they're um, like in New York there's just this huge field you know I'm just sitting there with my binoculars just watching them just chase each other and jump around there's a couple of fawns that are real little I found a fawn in the middle of the road mm. that the mom just like panicked and ran to the woods because she must have seen me walking and the fawn's just in the road I'm like you're going to die I'm gonna help you out little man and so he was pointed this way I mean this deer is in the middle of the road mm. so I pick him up and I just and I don't know if you're supposed to do that I'm like I had no idea, and it was it. I actually thought it was dead because there was some like there was some blood on this on this deer. Oh, oh it was fresh. Oh yeah, and so I'm like, Ugh, man, you're gonna get smushed. So I just move him off the side of the road, and then he starts like squawking. I'm like, you're in nature's hands, man. Like you just have to figure this out on your own. I helped you out, and I look, and he'd gotten wedged in between two two branches. And I'm like, dude, really? I got to go pick this deer up again. So I pick him up, I pick him out of this, and I just set him down. I'm like. Stay, just stay out of the Your road, man. Right yeah, back. she's going to be back. Don't stop in the middle of the road. Like, you're going to yeah. get killed. And then finally, like, I heard her on the other side of the road. I'm like, oh, I put you on the wrong side of the road. So I pick him up. I sit him <laughs> on the other side of the road. And he's, like, wobbling. And then I finally see the mom, like, come up. And they connect and just take off. And I'm like, you're good to go, my friend. Like, <laughs> what a weird this. day for yeah. that year. Like, <laughs> this little yeah. monkey kept moving me around. Yeah. <laughs> this well, hairless I, monkey. Yeah. Really like, I'm like, I, I'm just looking at him. I'm like, he's he's for sure going to die. Like, if yeah. he's – because there's cars just pretty pretty regularly on this on this back road. I'm like, yeah. they're going to come right over this hill and just smush mm. you, man. And you're yeah. not going to give you a fighting chance, but the rest is on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if you saw one in a field, you would leave it. For those oh, yeah, that don't know that. Yeah. You always leave it but in the road. No, that's the different. only reason I touched that deer <laughs> yeah. was because he was in the middle of the road. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get smoked. Oh, yeah. He's for sure going to get smoked. Yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna get hammered for that one online. The, the like, PSA. I know. I could. I could feel people listening. Like you're not supposed to. It's like, oh, all right. We've had a couple. Yeah. Of I was just reading today. Uh, someone at Yellowstone got a baby elk and put it in their car and drove it to the police station. And they're wow. like, guys, it's uh, Yellowstone, so there's going to yeah. be a lot of animals. That's here. what you they're, came here to see. Yeah, they're, they've been doing it for thousands of years. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know what they thought the police were going to do. Yeah. Of all the places to take I it, found like, an they going to arrest it? <laughs> yeah, I found an elk. So they're going to go out back to the reintroduced wolf cage. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Just give them a taste for elk right off the yeah. 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 Some stupid people. Can't fix them. No, can't fix them. Well, a lot of them earn stupid prizes out there in Yellowstone. They, yeah, they make true. for great YouTube content. Yeah. But cool. Well, wrap us up, Jacob. Well, I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks, man. Glad I appreciate you, stopped you guys. In, hang out for a little bit. Yeah. Filled our bellies up with biscuits and gravy this yeah, morning. Yes, sir. Rolling in. Glad we didn't fall asleep during the show. And that'll but, be later. Uh, Naps in the car. I smashed much. one of those Celsius drinks and a cup of coffee just so I could have like those Celsius drinks. Drinks those get me Man, through the day. I love them. They're good. I love them. Yeah, I was real carb heavy today for breakfast, but totally worth it. So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, go check out our friends at gunbroker.com. See what weird and cool stuff they got for you to buy, spend your money on. See if they got old turkey calls. Yeah. Find some mm. old turkey calls. I'm staying off Just that. don't tell Paul about them. Yeah. No. And, Paul, uh, tell people where to find you, your podcast, all that stuff. So so the, the podcast is the O2 Podcast. I co-host with Andrew Munts. You can find that on all platforms. And then the How to Hunt Turkeys podcast, which uh, is is also on all platforms. That's been a lot of fun. Um, it's a little slow right now. You know, turkey season's over uh, for for everyone, but we'll dive back into that. And you can find me on Go Wild, man. Just search Paul Campbell. Log I'm on this. the other ones, but I don't I don't log on to those. So <laughs> don't get too much hate mail on on Instagram and <laughs> yeah, get beat up lately. Yeah, we'll log this show. Log log some O2 How to Hunt turkey podcast shows get some rewards bunch of stuff you keep hearing us talk about it bunch of stuff coming up this summer is going to be dropping in there we're doing some collab stuff with gunbroker.com so you'll see some rewards coming from them uh and then also to hype it up again lots of fishing stuff dropped in the platform so get up there and use some of your rewards buy some new lures for the ones you hung in the tree Mm, been plenty of that this weekend (laughs) (laughs) see y'all next week